Nerd is the New Sexy. Hello everyone, I am Wildfire One. You are listening to Nerd is the New Sexy, episode 78. With me as always is... Grizzly McBee, what's up y'all? Uh, with me as well is... And it's your boy True, I'm glad to be back again. And we have a very special guest today, sir. Introduce yourself. I am the Sober Dwarf, or you can just call me Sober, because I'm not currently drunk. <laughs> well, that, that answers my first question. Do you drink? <laughs> so, oh, um, man. So, mo- just moving straight into this, Sober, uh, tell us a little about yourself. I mean, a lot of us have seen your, your YouTube page, great YouTube page. I, I see a lot of uh, I agree. Very love awesome. and a lot of passion in what you do, and uh, we kind of think of ourselves as the same way. But go ahead and tell us about you in your own words. Uh, yeah, I am Soberdorf. I run the YouTube channel. Also named Soberdorf. That is a video game analysis and more focused on video game design and storytelling. I grew up with video games. I've been playing video games since I was like two years old. Before I even remember, before I could read, I know for a fact I was playing games. I always wanted to be a game designer, but I kind of grew up in the middle of like cornfields. And I was, I was very much in that situation where there was just no opportunities around me. So I did a lot of self studying and growing up, I just like, Oh, Hey, let me learn about game design and basically took everything I could in about it. And I had all this amazing knowledge and pretty much nothing to do with it. That's a damn shame right there. It is. Yeah. It is, especially if you went out of your way to learn and such, but you know, the the good news is you could make the corn fight the toast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so but i mean what's wrong with you <laughs> what what, are, what do you mean i'm making a good situation out of this uh just about two and a half years ago i was like i had all this information i was seeing other channels kind of started to do it and i was kind of in a situation was like what are they talking about they have no idea what they're bringing up why is this in this information or hey this information's really good but it's so boring like you're not you're not relating to it because I'm. I grew up as a storyteller. That's also, I w- went in for writing. I learned how to write narratives. So I was just like, you're not relating this to the audience. And eventually, I kind of just got off my laurels and was just like, why don't I just start making stuff? Not expecting it to be anything like any sort of success, just to see if I could do it. Then uh, people gravitated towards it. So uh, people have been checking it out, and I. Here I am today. All right, so I got a, I got a question for you on that then. Mm-hmm. At what point did you realize that this was something that I really, really want to do? It's kind of difficult to say because there's a few periods of it's like it's like a step because every time I think I get to a certain point, I realize there's another step to it. When I first start, I started it because I was I was going through like a hard time in life. I was dealing with depression. I wasn't really feeling like I was doing a whole lot with my life. I was working a job that was working me like 60 to 70 hours a week. Well, we've and, all been there before. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yep. so it was, and it, it didn't feel satisfying. It felt like I was just kind of expendable. So I just kind of got to the point where it was like, hey, let me do this. Then the first two episodes, my Bushido Blade 1 and 2 videos. Uh, I by the really, way, they're really great episodes, guys. If you haven't had the chance <laughs> to look at those, those are actually pretty good. Yeah. I, I look back at those and I realize how rough those are now. Well, that's normal. That's yeah. that's no. You know how many well, times we've done it with our projects? Yeah. We go back oh, and we're man. like, oh god, 
Oh God, yeah. what, did I, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I goes with the whole theme of gaining experience and building character, but yeah. But so, so I do those videos, and I'm like, ah, those are really good. I had so much fun making those. Like, no one's gonna watch them, and they're dumb as heck. But I just, I felt proud of them, and I, I thought that's kind of where it was going to be. It was just gonna be me making these videos because I enjoyed making them. Then uh, that was the first step. And I realized I wanted to do it just because it made me feel good. Yeah. Then probably I would say year, like the year anniversary. I, I think by the first year I had like 160 subscribers. And to me, that was 150 more than I ever thought. Like, I, I have 10 friends. I can account for those. I don't know who these other 150 people are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know oh, why they're watching. Awesome. I don't know why they're watching this, but you know, they're, they're giving me positive feedback. They're being nice. They enjoy it. So I'm like, you know what? Uh, I, I have a little niche here. Let me go ahead and like start making stuff. Let me start, you know, putting more effort into this and trying so, to get it going. Is it, is it weird for you to feel like you're being stalked on the internet? I know I kind of, say that a lot in our thank you videos and stuff like that (laughs) yeah you say stocked i don't really think that's the right word to use but okay Uh, it's like my charm i mean (laughs) he you know it's all well it's all well and good until you're actually stocked on the internet true (laughs) oh the dream dream. Uh, well to be fair i'm also like i'm a person who watches a lot of youtube so i'm kind of the stalker like there's a, there's a few channels that i watch that i just watch because i enjoy the personality so much and yeah i'm the same way so like who are some of your faves i like pro jared if we're gonna get into the mainstream first pro jared has oh, always pro been kind pretty of, cool uh i like i like his i like his uh takes on things like i don't agree with probably 50 percent of what he says but the stuff i don't agree with he doesn't he kind of understands that they're contentious points, so he kind of clarifies why he doesn't. I've been watching one of my favorite Let's Players is uh, goes by Grimathar. He's been doing Let's Plays for probably, I would say, six, seven years. He's not big. He's only He's been doing it for so long. He's got like 10,000 subscribers, which is you know successful, but it's not like what you would expect from a Let's Player been doing it that long. But yeah, just kind of how how genuine he is as a person and not necessarily even the, even in a good sense, just, you know, that you're getting him and not some kind of fake personality behind it. Yeah. So, and that's something I respect a lot. Lazy game reviews. I kind of have that as like background noise most of the time (laughs) when I, cause I just, I just, there's a lot of people I listen to because I just like how they talk and speak and their, you know, their insights on things. Anyway, going back to the point, I started making it for people then, but I was like, okay, it's never going to get big, but there's, there's people watching it. So let me go ahead and start making for them. Yeah. That's a uh, start, right? And, right. And that's like, you even mentioned that in your, uh, not a final, not the final fantasy 11 video that you said that you're making the channel that you want to watch and that people are going to enjoy. Cause that's the type of content they're looking for. Like you said. Right. And be- you hit the nail right on the head where you're saying that not a lot of people do what you do where you put, you know, so much passion into it. Yeah. And that, that was the thing that really got to me is I, again, I was watching YouTube for probably like, I've been watching YouTube since angry video game nerd. Yes. Uh, like I don't even watch TV. I just watch YouTube. If I need to watch a show, it's on YouTube. I kind of got to the point where I was seeing it evolve and I'm like, 
hey, here's all these people. Oh, wait, now you're kind of just, you kind of are starting to get into that pandering and stuff. You know, I don't want to mention any names, but yeah, there was there was mm-hmm. a there was a hint in my not Final Fantasy Eleven video about uh, a particular particular YouTubers that kind of dropped into the Five Nights of Freddy's category. Mm. Yeah, I, I know a couple, and one of them <laughs> said that they're not going to be doing those types of games anymore recently. And yeah, like, you got a bucket full of names there, though. You know, if you yeah, think about yeah. It. that way, I, that way, I can just throw as much flack at them as possible, and not like yeah. people people can pick their own target for that. Yeah, see, see, right, right there, you're just kind of uh, playing the part of uh, someone that's doing hate control. Yeah, I am. I throw your stuff there, but let us think it came from somewhere else. <laughs> I, I mean, when you're your when you're a YouTuber, you have to be your own public relations too. And that yeah. is true. That is so true. So, <laughs> but so I was seeing these videos, and I'm like, you used to make like <sighs> such passionate content, and now you're just kind of you're kind of going through the motions, and I can tell you're not interested. So. If you're not yeah. interested, why why should I be interested? Like, or, let's play Five Nights at Freddy's, and then let's play Five Nights at Freddy's too. Mm-hmm. Oh, guess what? The third one came out. Oh, the fourth yeah. one. And, and it, it's not even you know because I don't mind people who are passionate about Five Nights at Freddy's. I I think that the development story to that's like really inspiring. It was a guy who pretty much came from a failure. And turn that failure into a success. I like yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's not, for that. I'm not, I'm not mocking the designer at all. But you know? yeah, no. But I'm just saying this is this is the problem with it is that you have this impassioned story, but then you have these people making videos about it that are just kind of doing it not because they care about the story. They don't care about the. They don't necessarily care about the narrative of the game. They don't. It's easy just, popularity. Yeah, it's yeah. like, hey, I did this one thing that was popular. Let me go ahead and do something that was just like it. That's because it's kind of like how Undertale blew up. Like you wouldn't believe. It. I mean, the story was great, and there was a passion in that story. But some of these people that were playing it were just doing it because it's getting them the views. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you like I don't. People can tell that, or at least I like to think people can tell that. They can tell. I know I can. I can tell that when I play video games. I can tell when I'm playing a game if the developer was actually genuinely passionate about what they're doing. Or if they're just kind of just like, yeah, whatever, FIFA 15, here you go. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like that with all the FIFA games, just so you know. I have a, I have a huge disgust for FIFA. I'm going to go on a rant here. I'm, I'm sorry. I know I'm taking your thunder. FIFA, um, you remember the whole EA thing where um, their servers got hacked? Mm-hmm. Okay, and what sucks is, you know, I am of Hispanic descent, and so people <laughs> automatically assume FIFA's going to be a game I'm going to be interested in, which really sucks. Wait, 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 wait. You don't play FIFA? <laughs> I'm a slap, you slippery <laughs> So anyways, I played Dragon Age Origins, and you know how that was an EA game. By mm-hmm. Well, my account got hacked, and I had a $50 card, or $50 in uh, digital currency, right? So some jackass, and I swear, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious if they're listening. I, I, I hope we get big enough where they listen. <laughs> I curse you and your family for hacking my account, taking my $50 to buy FIFA Gold Pack, and then put like two achievements on there. For a game I'm never gonna play, let alone ever complete or thousand point. That makes me so oh, he oh pretty much he pretty much boned you and left you on the side of the freeway. <laughs> oh, dude! Like you have oh, I have. Ugh. 
Oh, I'm okay, sorry. I'm I would. Sorry. I know. I you know what? Again. You have every right to be mad about that. I'm mad for you. The one thing that sucked about that when that happened, Halo Reach it just came out, right? Oh. And so I didn't have my gold expired, oh. and I couldn't play online because they froze my account. Oh. Because they had to investigate it and everything like that. And then uh, they didn't even refund me the fifty dollars. Oh, EA and uh, Microsoft didn't refund me that money. Well, yeah, EA that, is that, kind that, of that. the devil. I mean, that's it's like this is going to be another like side tangent. It's because uh, when after a while, when you get like so big as a game development company, mm-hmm. uh, which EA is more of a publisher than it is a company now, but they they're so disconnected from what they think is because they're they're not answering to people; they're answering to investors. Yep. Yeah. And that's what matters to them. Well, I mean, it, it's biting them in the butt now. Like the whole Battlefront 2 situation there. Yeah. I mean, there was a there was a post on Twitter that uh, I thought was kind of funny. It's like, retweet if you sing, see your kink. Like, butt, lips, <laughs> watching EA burn in a fire and then possibly ruining <laughs> loot crates for everyone because they're overreached. Uh, <laughs> cu- like cuddles and I'm like... <laughs> Oh boy! Getting on to that EA thing with uh, Battlefront 2, that was a good example of how the gamers have a voice. I think it's getting to the point where we're for a long time gamers in general were kind of complacent Mm -hmm. because bad bad business practices have been along there for far longer than we want to give it credit for. I know a lot of people think it's with the birth of the AAA industry. It's like Capcom was doing shady things back then we just didn't hear about it because mm-hmm. there wasn't yep. a there wasn't a 24-hour news cycle on you know game journalism a lot of times it would just be like gaming magazines and it gaming magazine isn't going to bite the hand that feeds them there was stuff going on way back then nintendo even nintendo nintendo was doing that shady like first party you know or like hey you got to develop for nintendo and if you don't if you don't for another company uh you lose your rights to yep. for and it's yep. like it has been going around Alicia. for a long time. Now we're to the point because we're so informed about what's going on, and there's uh, YouTubers and journalists and other people out there that are willing to be like, "No, hey, this is kind of crap." Uh, you need those. Like, I know I keep the channel fairly positive, and I try to avoid those kind of conversations, but mm-hmm. those have every every right to exist, and per- they have purpose. <clears throat> Personally, I kind of get borne out on it. That was a situation where. Uh, with my Katamari video, yeah. it was kind of, it was kind of shining light on that. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, here's this crappy thing, but remember, games can still be good. Uh, you just kind of got to learn and pick and choose and understand what's going on. You got to be an informed consumer. And I think with the EA thing going on, it was very much, hey, this is kind of bullcrap, and we all agree with it. And now, and EA probably thought they could get away with it because they were getting away with it with FIFA and all their other games. Wait, can we just officially dub FIFA the game that shall not be named? <laughs> what are you, you're talking about FIFA, right? I'm going to punch a wall right now, man. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm going for. <laughs> True smash. Yeah. It, it, and that's another thing about, about like, you know, the, you, and this is a kind of a, a, not necessarily negative, but kind of what I see is kind of a negative point for some of the YouTubers out there. Is that some people just they pick a topic and they just they they eat it to death? You know what I mean? Right. And, and well, EA it, was a big big uh, example of that because I mean, and months afterwards, you still heard how evil they are, and I still say how evil they are. But well, I, I've I've boycotted EA games like personally for 
probably a good part of like five years now mm. uh, just because of like the shady business business practices and I, i'm i'm a very much vote with my wallet kind of person yeah uh like i unless a game is like really fair with it if it has like microtransactions i'm like eh, i'm just gonna wait for the game of the year edition to just get all that anyway oh, yeah. I, I totally I, understand. I think i might have I think I might have Stockholm syndrome because I still give EA money. <laughs> I do. I do too. I I can't. I I did well, buy Battlefront too. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I, I like I had to give in with Capcom at a certain point because during the Capcom, like the Mega Man thing with Inafune and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, everything going on with that, I was like, no, Capcom's not getting any. Mighty Number no. Nine is the new Mega Man, and then that Mighty Number no. Nine actually happened. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Uh, was it? It wasn't as bad as everyone said it was. <laughs> I actually kind of enjoyed it a little bit. I, it's not. It's not a bad game. I think the problem is, is that there was a lot of misleading. There was a lot of hype. There's yeah. There was a lot of oh, this is going to be like the new thing for Mega Man. Inafune is working on it. It's like eh, Inafune just kind of got it started. He didn't really do it, and uh, the people that were working behind it, you know, they never made a Mega Man game before, so it's not going to be. Like Mega Man. Okay. Can we talk like Shovel Knight? I mean, how great was that? Oh, Shovel Knight's amazing. I'm like, sad because oh. I've never played it. Oh, uh, like okay, so that, well, I was we're broke when it came it. out, guys. Okay, we're, we're gonna go through that on the Switch since we can do co-op. <laughs> that sounds I good. Kind of fun. That All sounds right. good. Yeah, Sho- Shovel Knight, like Shovel Knight, is amazingly well done, and I like I like how Shovel Knight did that because a lot of games that try to do that <laughs> retro style. Uh, typically end up just being kind of a callback, kind of like a love letter, but yeah, not really do much with it. Remember Mega Man? Remember how this was cool? We got the Mega Man stuff in it. I was like, yeah, that's fine, but you know, you hey, had this nineties. We grew up in that too, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's great. Like I, I, I love love letters more than anyone. I, it's, it's like they're most- shoving a note that says nostalgia constantly in your face, right? right. But but at a certain point, it's like. You could do more with this. Yes. Like we've evolved more than this. You, you can, can still innovate it. it. Yeah. And still, Shovel yeah. Knight Shovel Knight's a perfect example of that because they a lot of people are like, Oh, it's it's like DuckTales and that's just kinda how it is. It's like, no, it's the platforming does things that you know, platformers haven't done in a long mm-hmm. time. So it's like a Mega Man meets Legend of Zelda meets DuckTales now. Yeah, and you know, item systems uh, the music itself, the music is amazing. Oh yeah, great. I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if the it might have been this, but I think they said that uh, with Shovel Knight, all the music that they use in the game could theoretically be played on a Nintendo. Oh, nice. I didn't know that on the system on the actual system specs. Uh yeah, yeah. That's, that's what cool. I I remember that, but I I can't fact check that right now. But I just remember <laughs> hearing that tidbit. And I'm like, oh hey, that that's really awesome. And it kind of stuck in my head. That's right. You're giving our listeners something to do. You guys do it. <laughs> you do the research. <laughs> well, a little bird told me that you like Silent Hill. I do. Oh, you and I have a have have a, a common there. That's that's common ground for me. The game is trash. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Were you talking true? I heard FIFA, FIFA, FIFA. Let's play FIFA. Oh, dude. I'm. A, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I am going through a wall tonight. 
I mean, that, that is a Silent Hill. He's going to walk into a town and all of a sudden a, a soccer ball rolls by. There's going to be like a $50 bill on it that just rolls away. And chases after it. Oh, no. The fog, oh, the fog rolls in and like all the monsters oh. are playing freaking soccer. <laughs> <laughs> One oh of them winks goodness. at him. It's the guy who took his money. Oh my goodness! The pyramid head pulls out a red card on me. It's soccer ball head. Oh, it's soccer ball head. <laughs> oh man! He's just chasing, chasing him down with like a giant. He's wielding like two swords, but one's a yellow card, one's a red card. <laughs> you know what, Silver? Since you're into the whole game design thing, if you design a horror game based off my experience with FIFA, I will voice the main character for. <laughs> Uh, if I, if I get to that point where I just have money to be like, yeah, you know what? Soccer horror game. <laughs> I'll voice the ball. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I'll have a, I'll have a really deep, <laughs> really deep emotional stories. Like, no, the soccer ball represents his, is like chasing after a long lost love. I was like, no, it's, it's just based off this really crappy thing. <laughs> it's, just, it's just based off a damn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I have a huge. I even actually started writing a fan um, script for a uh, for a movie for uh, Silent Hill. Yeah, Silent Hill has been kind of hit and miss, like as it got later into the series. But I think that's the common consensus. Well, after three, they kind of went everywhere. But yeah, right. I don't think the room is as bad as many people say. I don't think it's necessarily great. Well, it wasn't meant uh, to be a Silent Hill game to begin right. with. Right. It, it had its like, scares. It, I didn't want to play it. I didn't like the first person part. It scared the shit out of me. <laughs> you know, seeing shit come out of the wall out of nowhere in a house that right. was normal like five seconds ago. It, yeah, you're not going to. Yeah, you, you, you can't play that game and not shit yourself a little bit. Right. And it was just one of those situations where I think a lot of people. I think the problem with Silent Hill, probably both the dev, like the creators and the fans, mm-hmm. is that Silent Hill 2 was so amazing in terms of how they did it mm-hmm. because it, it was just the game they it was literally the game they wanted to make it was a psychological plan- mindfuck right yeah. and they when you're when you had developers that are smart enough you just give them free reign yeah chances are they're going to spend a lot of money making that game because you know mm-hmm. that's what that, that, i mean it's going to make them a lot of money too right it's one of those situations where everyone one was wanting silent hill 2 again yeah and to do Silent Hill 2, you have to you have to be insane genius to get all this stuff done. Yeah, uh, well, it, it kind of goes back to how you said, um, "What's it called? Sequels? You'll never really recapture that." You know, right? And I think that was the problem is that they were like, "Well, let's make Silent Hill 2. So let's have this protagonist that has all this inner turmoil and do that." But they didn't really have the finesse, so it just kind of ended up being <laughs> like, "Well, this is just." someone with a similar story to James kind of copying yeah. off of it. Right? Because there's so much you could do with Silent Hill 2. Like, Silent Hill 2, that, that if I would say there was a theme, it would definitely be sins. The theme, right. was, the theme was redemption like for people? your sins. Yeah, no. <laughs> Whereas, you know, but then there's, there's different ways you can explore that, but there's yeah. also things you can do different with Silent Hill. It's like, what if you put a person who's unrepentant in there? What does Silent Hill look at in mm-hmm. their perspective? Yeah. Or what if what if you have someone going through Silent Hill that's completely innocent? Which of uh, course was the child who saw nothing. Right. And you just have the like put a situation where you have these other characters that aren't necessarily going through the things that James went through. Mm-hmm. And like explore, Eddie and and yeah, really. Yeah, ex- like have a character that's like completely innocent and just seeing these characters 
just slowly degrade and your character is good. So they're trying to help these characters work through their problems and not realize what's going on. Like all the monsters are invisible, but there's still threats. Like no one is without sin. So you kind of explore the character a little bit, but don't necessarily push the whole like super troubled character. Cause after a while you're just kind of doing the shtick and not doing what would be an ultimately better story. Well, that was also one of the first console games I've ever played that, like, because the female, um, the female in that game, uh, they all routes, all right, said it. She was molested by her dad. Like, yeah, that was, that was something yeah. that just, they just pushed in your face and it blew my mind when I played it. Yeah, because that was the first time that it kind of tackled themes like that. It's kind of like with, uh, well, at oh, least for and consoles. They, and they yeah. do that so well. Like, when I, because it was probably a good seven years. Uh, before playing Silent Hill 2, like making that video. Yeah. And I knew that there was those themes going on. I'm like, and as I was creating that video, I'm like, oh, geez, this is going to be, this is going to be a rough video to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it is, it's like emotionally rough because I'm a very, like, not the, this isn't a humble brag. I'm a very empathetic person. So yeah. when mm-hmm. I hear those stories, I get, I get like physically upset by it. You put yourself in their shoes and you right. feel what they feel. I'm right there with you on that. Yeah. So, I was working on that episode and I'm like, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to make this episode like watchable? Because it's going to be like so depressing. And so like, you know, you can't make jokes about it because it's just, you know, you don't want to be really stupid to make a joke. Well, you can make a joke, but it would be bad taste. It would be bad form. That's not not the type of person you are. So I'm working on this episode and I, I didn't realize how well they handled that subject matter because they handle it. They handle it like so maturely. It's, it's not, uh, you know, in your face. Like it, it shows you what the consequences are for the actions. Yep. But it doesn't be like, it's not that Saturday afternoon cartoon where it's like, and then and you know, child molestation is bad. And it's like, no duh, right? No, we you get to see what it I'm, did I'm, to I'm this man, person. Just, that Sonic cartoon, Sonic says, where he talks yeah. about, oh yeah. yeah, and that's no good. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to see how it affected this person. This person grew up with that, you know, and it, no, it became... Yeah, you see well, the aftermath of all that, and it's yeah, just one of those things that's a turmoil. Yeah, and the way it contrasts, like, compared to with James, because there's that over there's that overtone of, like, consent mm-hmm. uh, to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, like, Angela is very, like, the far end of, like, non-consent. Yeah. Then, uh, Eddie's almost like the complete opposite where he's like, he's the real monster in comparison. And James is like stuck in the middle. Spoiler alert guys. There's a troll ending in there. <laughs> I, I, I like that ending. Actually, uh, AGDQ had a shirt, uh, of the dog and it, it says it was you all along. And I actually got that coming in. So excited oh, to wear wow. this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean that that video ended up doing really well because of just how well they handled that subject matter. Yeah. But to mm-hmm. but to handle that subject matter as a narrative is that requires such a fine brush. That is so hard to do because it's so easy to go. It's easy to go to the extent of basically being that Sonic uh, PSA at the end, mm-hmm. yeah. like oh, and that's no good, and rape is bad, and yep. it's like or. Damn, damn it, Grizzly! Go wow. back to your corner. <laughs> but if you if you try to write that narrative in a another way where you're trying to like not make it a big deal, then you're doing a 
disservice to the people who go through that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of like if you got to do it's a, it's a it's not walking a rope, it's walking a wire at that. Point. Yeah, too far that, one side. And it, it, that is as a as a storyteller, that is so hard to do. Like I cannot explain how hard it is to do that because it's everyone's so different. Like people are going to play that and pull different things from it. Well, the writing and, was so good. It was. Just, oh no! And the reason it was so good is because. When they started making that game, they basically came up with the story first. They mm-hmm. thought the story, then they built everything around that. And of course, you know, got the you got all the lore to Silent Hill too. I mean, there was a lot of lore that came out of that game. Mm-hmm. That uh, and I and I think it was smart for them to kind of put Silent Hill one to the side uh, because I that's I like I really like Silent Hill three as a game. Me too. But I think it kind of got too heavy in its own lore. That it kind of mm-hmm. lost itself in it. See, I I, I kind of disagree, but I agree as well. Um, I liked. I thought Silent Hill three was actually a. If they stopped there, I'd have been happy. No, you know? I mean, I I really like Silent Hill three. I yeah. know it, it's 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 a criticism out of love. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like. I like the cult for the first one. I like the idea. I, it's personal opinion, really. It's yeah. subjective. I think Silent Hill would have been a kind of a stronger series. If it was just a kind of a place where bad things happen, mm-hmm. uh, but it kind of doubled like I think doubling back on it, it's like okay, no, we got to make Silent Hill three kind of more like Silent Hill one. There was a lot of good things, but I think there's just a few weak points where it tries to like incorporate those moments back in. Yeah, uh, it was almost like kinda, it was forcing it. Yeah, but I mean, Silent Hill three is amazing. There's that one line that shakes me to my core every time. It's like. Uh, it's that one guy who says they look like monsters to you, and it yeah. it's just that it's like a gut punch. Uh, Silent Hill Three is the one that kind of started the the whole thing, where it's like, oh hey, these could be like normal people that you're killing. Oh or, yeah, I, I get it's, it's yeah, kind of like innocent. I get what lost. you're saying. Yeah, right. Yeah. Whereas Silent, whereas I think Silent Hill Two was the one that kind of stated that. Uh, the monsters look different to different people. Yeah, depending on your sin or whatnot. Right. They could have all been monsters, but Silent Hill 3 was the part where it's like, oh, I could have been like actually killing people. I might have been hallucinating. I might be the crazy yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. It's They kind of pull it back immediately a little bit, but it's just enough to make you like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, this is fucked up. So I, th- I I think Silent Hill 3 and also like it's I think it's a little scarier than Silent Hill 2. I agree. Because Sil- Silent Hill 2 is very much a psychological horror game. It's it's one that gets in your head. I think there's more physical scares in Silent Hill 3 than there is 2. Right. But yeah. physical scares are just as important. There's this one scene that I love. It's where you walk into like this room and then like I don't I either the door is completely locked or it's missing. Mm-hmm. And you're stuck in this room, and like blood starts. Like, oh, you're talking about the, the mirror, uh, right? Oh yeah, no do? that. Oh no. yeah, that that that. I, when I first saw that, I about shat myself. It was how, <laughs> how scary it was. And of course, the first thing you do is you're making a beeline for the door, and the door's like it's locked, it's locked, it's locked, it's locked. Oh, it just. It, I was like, how, how the fuck am I supposed to get out of here? And then you can either die. The first time I died. Yeah, and it, or you can wait and then some, wait for like something to happen, like the 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 uh, reflection to stand still or something like that, and then it unlocks. Yeah, yeah. and no, I just I think it's really good. See, I think Silent Hill Three hits those uh, kind of horror scenes perfectly. Yeah, it it just, but you're, there's never going to be a perfect game. Like I think Silent Hill Two, Silent Hill Two isn't a perfect game. 
it's it is very rough to play nowadays, especially mm, with yeah. uh, how dated it is. Like when I play Silent Hill Two, it's pretty much right now for the story for the experience of it because mm-hmm. I mean the combat the combat isn't really even that scary anymore. Yeah, I, I agree. The first time you play it, it gets kind of it's creepy, but like yeah, once you're used to it and you know what's what. I will say though, Silent Hill Two had the scariest monsters. Yeah, no, and I think a lot of that was because uh, the. As I I explained in the video, where it's you know something's wrong with them, mm-hmm. you know it's it's like speaking to your subconscious about like yeah. this is disturbing me on a level that I don't know why I'm disturbed. Oh, and, and on top of that, it's just like we said earlier, it's just good writing all around. I mean, you you learn a little bit more of of the uh, the main character as you go on, and you learn a little more from the the other characters as you go on, and it's just it just gets it becomes a, a clusterfuck for your brain. Right, and nothing is, and because everything means everything te- technically, mm-hmm. uh, like you pull so much from each scene that makes it, like, so, like each playthrough you go through, you're learning more about the game, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that's just because they were really smart in the design of that. Well, I think you said it. They they literally wrote most of the lore and the story, or all of the story, before they made the game. Where in Silent Hill One, it was kind of the opposite. They designed the world. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, "Well, we need to put a story kind of after this." Also, there's some design flaws. Let's put some fog in there. <laughs> um, and that, and that was pretty good. That was pretty smart. Yeah, it was. I I fully believe. Also, sad about PT and what happened. Oh. Yeah, I I was I was so excited for that because I'm I'm a fan of Hideo Kojima. Yep. Not like I understand why people have criticism about him, but I think the man knows how to tell a story through a game. He likes cutscenes, uh, and he <laughs> yeah. like he, he he loves cutscenes, and he loves he wears his love of media on his sleeve. But with the people he was working with and uh, how he was, was Guillermo del Toro, right? Yeah, Guillermo del Toro, the Junji Ito, the guy who does all the creepy monster designs, and mm-hmm. yeah. like there, there was a lot, there was a lot of muscle behind that. And I'm from not what I lie, when that when that lady charges at you, that scared the poop out of me. <laughs> I mean, it, it was so good that Capcom turned Resident Evil Seven in, into yeah. like an attempt of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so are you telling me uh, true that it was so scary that you FIFA'd your pants? <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn you. <laughs> oh, I knew that would get oh. Grizzly laughing. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh no, this is gonna be yeah, a thing. Kojima, genius. He's a genius. Yes. I liked Snapchat. Yeah, I, mean, I like I like the Metal Gear I love the Metal Gear Solid series. Uh, I mean Metal Gear Solid 3 is like one of my favorite games of all time. Probably yeah, like in too. the top three. And like Kojima works well, I think, when he has people to kind of pull him back. I think Kojima Unleashed is gonna be an interesting sight to see. Like we're already seeing like some crazy things with Death Stranding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what that game's about. Neither do I. <laughs> yeah, I've never been so confused watching uh, any type of trailer. I was just like, what the hell is this? Oh, like we're gonna get that, and it's gonna be like a match three puzzle game where we're like lining up three babies <laughs> to. And I was just like, well, it's the game, but it's gonna be have all these amazing cutscenes. <laughs> Like we have no idea what that game could be, and it's Kojima. We could be, we could be playing a recreation of Penguin's Adventure. It's like his gems. first game. Going back to PT, like if anyone could make a game terrifying, it would have been Kojima because he yeah. knows how to pull the game, like the game itself, 
and to the story, but also pull you into the game. Yeah, I can honestly say Metal Gear Solid 3, there were some pretty emotional parts in there, like especially the fact that they make you pull the trigger to kill the boss. Oh, yeah. That is just... I I can do a whole video on that myself, you know? Yeah. Um, And then in Metal Gear Solid 4, I almost cried. I almost cried when uh, Otacon's telling Sonny, you know, oh, Snake, he's just tired. Rest now. I almost Uh. cried there. I almost cried when Big Boss... CQC's old snake into a hug, and then he's apologizing for everything. It's just oh. I, I I did cry at that scene. Like I I almost, was, you, didn't, that, you didn't cry, you weeped. You <laughs> weeped manly tears. You died inside a little. Uh, but just just that uh, ending fight too. That was like the perfect oh, ending. Like just how like just how he goes back through his own series. Like yeah. hey, this is how this fight is. And this is how this fight is. And. Like it hits all the perfect points. It's like, oh, this is the... Yeah, the great thing is, I think duality worked so well in that series. Right. Oh, no, Kojima, again, Kojima knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, Kojima should just make a movie. I was like, no, he, I don't think Kojima huh. could make a good movie. I think he could make a good movie, but I don't think that's his strength. No, his strength is games. His strength is what right. he's doing now, what he has been doing. Right. Like if he made a movie, I think it would be interesting to watch it. But I think you would lose a lot of what makes Kojima Kojima because, mm-hmm. like, his storytelling can be a little hit or miss. Sometimes he gets a little long winded. Sometimes he goes into details that are you don't for really him. Need to go into detail, on some yeah. Of those. It's like they're probably really interesting to him, but as a you know, as an audience, you're like. Uh, you know, Naomi has cancer and she used nanomachines, but now it turns yeah. off and it like it kill. I was like, uh, I you're going, you're kind of reaching for drama there, but like the Psycho Manus fight, uh, <laughs> the fight with the boss and the, uh, you know, at the end of Metal Gear Solid Three, uh, there's just so much he's really good at that I think you would miss out. So with PT, solid three when you're walking through and you touch one of the ghosts. Like I imagine with PT, we're going to see some crazy things. Like I, I would fully expect PT to pull Psychomanus and be like, "Oh hey, you see like this PS4 on a TV and like you investigate it, and all of a sudden it's like your HUD. <laughs> it has like your username and the, the game oh, on it. It's like you'd be like, oh oh whoa 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 whoa." That breaking of the fourth wall is just fun as shit. Or is he going to make you put the controller on the floor and they're going <laughs> to move it around for you again? I mean, PT could have been ever, anything, but I was so excited for it. Then, of course, a company which I will not name. Yeah. Uh, that is, I have is not. It the equivalent to the one game that we will not name. <laughs> I don't come. I mean, I mean that that game like that game didn't steal your money. Someone else kind of stole your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company <laughs> that. <laughs> he's just like rubbing salt in the wound. He's like, oh, you know, here's this paper cut. Let me give you some salt. <laughs> but but I'm saying, put it in perspective, this company stole the hopes and dreams of millions of people, mm-hmm. then turned yeah. it into a Pacino machine. Oh, God, oh. I'm glad you used that reference because if you didn't, I would have. Could you imagine Metal Gear Solid 3 being remade with those types of graphics? Oh, no. I, I wanted it so bad. I was like so excited then. Because my first experience with it wasn't like the news. It was someone uh, on Twitter that posted like a supercut of it yeah. as a yep. troll. That's how I it's saw like, it too. And I was like, uh, oh, this is awesome. I, was, I think we I, have to use that term, nerd boner. 
Yep. I was I was so hurt. Like I, I that that would literally kill a little bit inside of me. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt that way. I think a lot of people think oh, no, that's uh, never like, going to be even, made and you're like, "Oh, damn it." Even uh, I guess in Japan, uh there was out like outcries against it because of uh like people Metal Gear Solid 3 is like Kojima's like big in Japan. There's people mm-hmm. that trying to find the right words to this. We're kind wow. of in a phase where we kind of assume Japan's done with gaming mm-hmm. because of the way their developers have been. Mm-hmm. Uh but and like gaming isn't looked on as much of a like a mainstream pastime as it is here. Yeah. But there's still a lot of people that grew up with video games and a lot of people that enjoy them. So uh, it hurts them. Just I think worldwide we're united in our hate against this one company, and it's their own damn fault. Yeah, <laughs> the thing, man. Back in the old days, they, they were the company. They were the company. Well, they were. Uh, look at I mean, if you without saying too much, look at how many big big games they have under them. You know, and yep. now now you know if we want to gamble, we go to them. <laughs> <laughs> EA is oh. not very far behind them. Go! <laughs> oh. Damn. I'm a, you know what? I think I have a soccer ball somewhere. And I'm going to bring that. Of course you do. Ball. You said you already said you were of Shut that up. ethnicity. Shut up. <laughs> You're not going to have PTSD. You're going to have uh, FIFA. FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what, no. what did I do to be picked on tonight, man? <laughs> it's about time it's somebody else, not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. over. I thought we, I thought we were buddies, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's a criticism out of love. It's just like Silent Hill Three. Yeah, it's Silent Hill in general is is a good franchise. Like you said, it it did kind of fall off after a certain game. Tying it back to what my channel was. And that not Final Fantasy XI video, I think it just kind of came from a place where they felt like they had to recreate a certain Silent Hill. Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason I can think of, like, James Sunderland's father being in there. Yeah. Like, story-wise, there was really no reason for him to be there. Mm -hmm. Like, he Mm -hmm. didn't. And that's a good example. Like, Silent Hill 2, everything meant everything. Like, you could tie in one moment of one scene to like four different other parts of the game and the narrative. Mm-hmm. Whereas the room was just very much, uh, here's this thing. Here's fan service. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's just to please you. This is from another game. Check this out. Right. Everything and else makes no sense. It's just like all the upskirt shots and all the uh, animes. It's just fan service. <laughs> Right, and it's one of those things that I think, I in certain instances, you kind of have to pander a little bit. Like, I, I make references, I make callbacks. It's it's going to happen because we like those. That's what meme culture is. It's, mm-hmm. hey, remember this thing that we liked? Here's a funny spin on it. Uh, or here's something that I know is going to please you. There is place in that, in, like, any sort of media. Mm-hmm. The, prom, the problem is, is, like, when it becomes that, when it's, when that becomes the focus, when you're no longer making Silent Hill 4, you're instead making like this kind of echo of Silent Hill 2. Mm-hmm. Or when you're no longer making a video that you're passionate about, you're just kind of mimicking what was successful for that video. Yeah. yeah. It, it becomes an issue. It's like at that point, you're just making something to make something. You're not going to be passionate about it. And 
while there's going to be some people that are going to be fine with that, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, no, that's that's great. I, I enjoy whatever like you Call make. Like, people, people are going to play it. They're going to enjoy it. There's people that I still watch. I still listen to their music. I still play their games. That I, I can tell that they're not passionate, but it's still enjoyable enough for me to consume. There's just but, that amount of passion that's that's acceptable. Right. But at a certain point, it gets to the point where, especially, like, this is the problem I've had going but way back, uh, is when you have people that are faking that passion. Mm-hmm. Like, when you have people like, oh, hey, hey, everyone, I'm really passionate about this video game, blah, 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 let me tell you about it. And they, you can tell that because they're talking to you on a surface level mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. they're talking to you as like this is the problem i have with a lot of reviewers they're like and the graphics are really good you can see your reflection clearly in the water and uh the landscapes look amazing and like you can tell that there's nothing there because they're just kind of repeating what they see but not what they feel whereas like uh with a video that uh should be that's coming out uh personally for me this friday uh upcoming friday which would be the second shameless plug right here uh video that's coming out <laughs> i talk i talk about final fantasy 11 and i talk about one of my favorite areas in final fantasy 11 is it the dunes no it's not the dunes the uh, answer may surprise you you'll have to watch the <laughs> yeah watch the how video true <laughs> how dare you <laughs> you have to wait like everyone else you're not special <laughs> fifa <laughs> Oh! <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Here's the sound. <laughs> Was that you punching the wall? That kind of hurt. Go! Now I feel like I inadvertently injured someone. <laughs> he he would have done it whether you said anything or not. He huh? did it to himself. Besides, we said the F I F A too much. I'm and... glad you can spell wild. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Go back to your corner, <laughs> bitch. Uh, but, but like when I was writing that video, mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about, okay, how do I, how do I express this in a way that's surface level? I was like, Oh yeah, this area is really great because it has like this scene and it has this stuff. It's like, no, for, for some people can tell when something means something to you, Versus you kind of just talking about it. I agree. And they can and tell I, when it's I can honestly, in. I can honestly say your Final Fantasy XI video is what's on your channel. Because um, here's a big secret for everyone. You know, I've played Final Fantasy XI since 2000. Since the initial release, actually, on and off. And then I didn't really like get into it until heavy until 2005. Put your pitch, pitchforks away. I've never played it. Nah, yeah, I, I totally understand people not playing that well, game. Well, it's, it's pay to play. Well, I'm... I, I, we're like, new friends, Sober. We're new friends. I do not like Final Fantasy. Nah, that's I, wrong, though. You just lost my friendship, Grizz. <laughs> You've known that for years. No, I haven't. You just broke my heart. You have a heart? <laughs> well, I found it and you broke it. Mom, Dad, stop fighting. <laughs> Final Fantasy has always been a big love of mine. Eleven, you know, the online ones really actually right. I haven't played simply because of the pay to play. Yeah. I, I I totally understand that. Like, I was in a situation where I could barely play it, and that's because I told my mom I wanted to buy this game, and she didn't realize it was a subscription fee. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving, right? Uh, uh, Pretty I got, much. I'm sober dwarf. 
convincing his mother to pay. Well, I mean, I, like, I was innocent. Like, she was, I was, like, 15 at the time. She had the option of looking at her uh, credit card bill. Oh. <laughs> I didn't. So, mm. but but I totally understand why people couldn't get, like, it was a rough game to get into. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I know people that really liked Final Fantasy, and they tried to play it, and it's such a departure from what you expect that, uh, you know, it wasn't what they wanted. They were, they were thinking it was going to be a traditional Final Fantasy, and I was I'll tell too. You how hard it was for me. I played a dragoon as my main for the first. Portion. Oh, I'm yeah. right there with you. I was thief. I was thief. <laughs> I was maining thief. Uh, first thing before anyone knew what a thief could even do. Yeah. Like I, I See, remember. I switched to paladin because my brother wanted to be a summoner and he had trouble getting parties, and so we kind of did the whole guardian thing and. I got pretty well known as a yeah. It was such a different experience for me because I I started Thief, which is uh, f- for those who might not understand, Thief is a kind of a uh, it's called a hate control class, which I mean it's a very useful thing in Final Fantasy XI. Yeah, but it's not intuitively useful. Like you don't you don't look at the class and be like, well, like why would I invite a thief when I can just invite this class that does more damage. It's like, well, that's not why you invite a thief. But speaking, it's, as a, speaking as a paladin main tank, thieves were my best friend. Y'all know thieves are like thieves can be uh, like so useful. Like anytime I was leveling, uh, not a thief, I was trying to find thieves. It's like no, because I don't want to as a as a healer, or I don't want to have to worry about like them dying because of some random thing happening. Mm. Yeah, but. Uh, then I went to Corsair, which is like a group, like a group buff. And whereas yeah. Thief, I think, took me three years to get to level seventy five. Corsair was like a, a couple of months. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, this is what parties are like. <laughs> oh man! But but I mean, like, in other jobs, and I would get like messages. Oh, are you gonna jump on your paladin because we need someone to tank in this party? It's like, uh, let me go switch gear around. It's gonna take me like an hour to get over there. Final Fantasy XI, I totally understand why people uh, didn't get into it. I, I even understand why people don't like Final Fantasy. I, I subjectively disagree with that opinion, but As I can... Yeah, Chris. It may not be right, but everybody's got their own opinion. Okay. okay. <laughs> as long as you agree to that. <laughs> no, I've, I've played Final Fantasy since one, and it's just I've loved the games, and I've loved the franchise, and I, I think it, it, it's come a long way, and I'm glad right. to see it, you know? Right. And, well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make the Final Fantasy XI video, because there were people who didn't get to experience it, and when yeah. they experienced it, it was, like, far after the fact. Like, people who would play it now, uh, like, let's say you played it in 2005, mm-hmm. and you played it for two years, so you kind of ended in right around Wings of the Goddess expansion. Yeah, if yeah. you were to come back now, it would be completely unrecognizable to you. Because like, they've updated I, it so much. Yeah, it's well, evolved. You this way. Things that used to take months and years, like getting to 75 would take like a good year partying and grinding and all that. You can do in like a day. Yeah, huh. and that, that's not even a joke. Something that would take a literal, literal year and probably hundreds of hours of your like life uh, would you could do that in like 10 hours now. So it's, it's good. Like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad change Yeah, because it's kind of had its life cycle. And I think people that are interested in it, that 
wanted to get into it for the story or for the experience, but could never do it because it was just too much. Because I mean, we're adults; we have lives. I can't. The only way I can play Final Fantasy XI now is if I'm making a video. <laughs> yeah, I just don't have the time to like sit down and play an MMO anymore. Yeah, uh, but now like those people who only have like four hours out of the day to do stuff, they can they can grind a little bit and they can experience the story and they can they won't they won't get the same experience that I did playing back in two thousand you know two thousand and three, but they're going to get like a story. They're going to get something from it. They'll make their own experience. Right. And that's, that's the beauty of that stuff. Yeah. It won't be completely different. Cause I have played MMOs where they've changed. And I remember going like, Oh yeah, I remember when this and that happened and it was fun. And they're like, what do you, and I, you know, play with new people. Right. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you guys haven't gone through that part. And mm-hmm. no. And I'm like, Oh, they must've took that out. And then a part of me goes, Oh <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I mean, it, it means something that back, Back when I was playing, I'd be like, oh, my freaking God, Valkram Dunes, I hate leveling the class here. <laughs> it, it, it was the worst experience because like, every time I'd be like, I just want to go to Quivum. Can I just, uh, I hate leveling here. Now I'm like, man, I would give anything to go back to Valkram Dunes and have a party. <laughs> but, well, I, I think it's the hindsight, like, especially for me, and this is what I was trying to portray in the video was, mm-hmm. uh, like things were deliberately done the way they were because like you don't realize it. And that's kind of the genius of game design is you, when you don't realize what's going on, it's more magical. Okay. Uh, but for me, it was like, well, why am I here in Valkyrie dunes? Why, do, why do I gotta like, why does it take me three days here to level to get out of here? Like, why am I getting killed by goblins and why is it so, but then I realized like those experiences weren't necessarily because it was, necessarily fun for gameplay but that's where i was meeting people that's where i was like talking to people who were just started and they're excited and oh. we're working together and little did they know like i i have like people i still talk to and we still fondly talk about yeah. those days and and that's what the that's what that game was intending to do it was a online game it was mainly meant to be like there's people out there let's make an mmo that is going to be catered around people yeah, so yeah, like I remember the Japanese commercial for it was a guy and a girl they would be playing it online and whatever, and that's the only time that they got to interact. I guess they wind up running into the internet cafe, <laughs> and like they wind up getting free later on or something like that. Final Fantasy Eleven was amazing at that. It, it was it was player hostile, but because it was, uh, that would get people to work together Mm. because you couldn't do anything by yourself. Like a lot of people quit because of that. And this was like a before it was made before. Wow. It was designed during that very old school, uh, MMO stage where like you had, you couldn't solo a lot. Yeah. Uh, and people got frustrated because final fantasy is a very solo experience. You're not having to call your friend and be like, Hey, can you log on with your character so I can beat this ancient dragon so I can finally get past Nibelheim? You know, you're there to experience a story, and it's completely different from what you expect. That's about it for this episode. We thank you for listening. Um, do you have anything you wish to say? You know what, true. I'll be nice, and I'll let you go first this time since, you know, you got red carded and all that good stuff. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again, all you sexy nerds, for tuning in like you guys always do. Um, I want to say a special thanks to our guest, Sober Dwarf. Thank you for being here. 
being on here. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, look forward to hoping to have you uh, return, and maybe we can talk some more games. Most definitely. I've... Anyways, <laughs> um, I think that's all I really got to say. Be sure you check out our YouTube channel. Thanks to everyone that's been uh, following us on our social media. Uh, just a heads up, we now have an Instagram. Yay! So be sure to uh, follow us there. As always, everyone, thanks for listening. We appreciate you coming here and being with us every week. Uh, is there anything you would like to say, Sober? Uh, well, pretty much if you were uh, enthralled or interested by any of the topics I covered here, we pretty much retreaded ground for my videos, which are a lot more well-produced and scripted than my just ramblings. They're <laughs> a little bit more concise. I, I think everyone here can vouch for that. So so if you're interested in hearing more uh, more analytical stuff, it is there on my channel. It's it's Soberdorf Show because for some reason YouTube wouldn't allow me to just do Soberdorf. All right, everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll see you next week on episode uh, 79. Remember, after episode 80, there'll be the end of the season, and we will take a few months off to... Uh, of course, bring you some more type, different types of entertainment, probably videos and some other stuff like that, Let's Plays and such. So, everyone, thanks for listening, and stay sexy. Always.